We give you all the praise and all the glory. We magnify your name. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. Praise you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless your name and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all praise and honor. I just want to give thanks to God for all he is doing in our lives. Thank you, Father. I want to thank him. So because his praise, when we praise him, when his name is glorified, he does great and mighty things. He is pleased and he does great and mighty things. And we draw closer to him. We're showing him that we trust him in our praise, in our honor to him. Um, I've got a bit of a, I don't know if it's a testimony or just something, just an encouragement to someone. The last couple of weeks have been very very challenging very challenging but in all that our trust was anchored in God our trust was in him the devil was trying the enemy was trying to get us in a place of anger a place of being displeased with where things were going but when you just say Lord my trust is in you Lord, everything concerning us is settled because you are our God. When we keep on saying that and repeating it, we kept on saying it and repeating it daily. Those were daily declarations. Our lives are set in him. Our trust is in you, God. Everything is perfected in you. And we are starting to see the turnaround. We're starting to see God move in our lives. When every door seems to have been shut, every door seems to have been closing. There were the ones that were, they were, they were seeming shut, then the ones that were actually closing in our face. And we're like, but God, why? But we're just reminded to come back to him and put our trust in him. And I can gladly say, and I can assuredly say that he has come through for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. So I give him glory for that. And I just encourage anyone, no matter what situation it may seem, even if every area, and I mean every area from finances, you name it, every area seems like it feels it's getting dry, it's getting attacked. Our God is greater. Our God is greater in the mighty name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. It says, in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. So everything will bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Every situation will bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they shall soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they will soon wither. 
trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and you will prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. And Psalm 31 carries on saying that. The wicked will disappear. The wicked plot will be wiped out. Verse 13 says, But the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. They will, the, verse 18, Day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent, and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine they will have enough. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Hallelujah. And that psalm is one of my favorite psalms. Go back to it regularly. Well, welcome if you're tuning in online. Thank you, worship team. You may sit down. I know Louise, Pastor Louise will take the children out. You're released. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory for this Service, yes, Jenny, I thought you might have something. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I'm sorry. Um, thank you, Pastor, for letting me bring this word. Um, in the praise and worship today... I saw Jesus at the door. The doors were open. I saw him standing there. He had a, a, a talith on, which is a prayer shawl. Obviously, he had robes on under that, the royal robes. On his head, he had his crown, but he also had the crown of thorns, which is a combination of humility and power, the suffering servant and the king of glory. And he was there. And as he showed me his hands, his hands had blood all over them. And he started to come, and he said, I've come here to anoint everyone here today. And he walked around there. I mean, I'm, I'm saying in the spirit, in the inward man, I saw this. He walked around there, and he anointed me. He, and I believe he did that for everyone today, because there is a... When he comes... In that kingly anointing, there is purpose. There is purpose. Um, and I asked him, could I come and share this? And it, it wasn't as strong, like, yeah, I've got to get up there and share, but he didn't say no. 
It was like, yes. And when he comes, when he appears to us in that way for purpose and power and a release, there is things on the horizon. There's things coming. He doesn't come for no reason. He comes with his purposes and his plans. And he's come here and he said, I can do this all over the world. I can be here. I can be anywhere. And he, thank you, Father, that you allowed me to see Jesus in that way today. And it says in Psalm 24, um, lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. When I was reading Isaiah 53 last week and this week, um, Isaiah 53.3, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And in the Amplified... It says, he was despised and we did not appreciate his worth or esteem him. And I believe that the people in this ministry appreciate his worth and esteem him. And the more we go for that, the more we lift him up in this place. It's not about shouting and screaming, it's position, it's planting, it's placing. The more he is going to lose for us in this ministry. Bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Father God. Glory to the name of Jesus. Just hold on to those thoughts for a moment. I know it's a bit of a shift in thinking. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father God. We always welcome the Spirit of God in this place. We welcome Jesus in this place. I loved what was said then. If Jesus turns up, he comes for purpose. And in fact, when you go to the book of Revelation, in chapter 1. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. It was the Lord's day. I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, etc., uh, etc. Et when I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstand was the someone like the son of man. He was wearing a ro long robe. I'm going to go to King James. I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down from the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. 
His head and his hair were like white, like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto burnt fine brass as they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shines in the strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And when he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and is dead, and behold, I am alive evermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. I have the keys of hell and of death. You know, he conquered hell. He conquered every enemy. He conquered any, anything that would come against the believer. He stood in the gap for you and I when he went into hell. He stood in the place where he went and took every bit of the curse on top of his body and into his spirit man. He died spiritually and he went into hell itself to be raised up by the same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ. That spirit that flooded hell itself and raised him up and removed every shackle and every pain, every suffering, every curse, every destructive force, it removed it from his very being and raised him up and lifted him up high above every nation, high above every name, high above every sickness, high above every disease, high above any demonic force, high above everything, he was raised up into heavenly places. And he has been given a name that is named above every single name. So when he turns up and walks in our midst by revelation or by vision, there's a language of the Holy Ghost, and the language of the Holy Ghost is dreams and visions. In the book of Acts, it talks about it. In Acts chapter 2, it, it says, on the last day, in these last days, shall men dream dreams. Let me read it instead of quoting it. In the book of Acts, it says this, it says, and Peter said what? Sorry, things are coming so fast, I can't move fast enough. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Remember what it says in Galatians, there's no man, no female, no... So it says your young women will see visions and your, your old women will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds and smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I believe this church is a calling, has an assignment to speak things into this, uh, this arena. I believe that we have a place to pray out. I believe that we have an opportunity and, an, and a commitment and a description by the Spirit of God to speak forth the things of the Spirit. We're not to hold back. We're not to, to, to dream dreams of minor significance. But we are to dream dreams of large, of big, and of grand. Grand plans that the Holy Spirit would have to do in each and every one of our lives. 
grand plans that he would have to do within this church, grand plans that he would have to do in Preston and in the surrounding areas, grand plans to save souls, grand plans to see healed, 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 healings taking place that the sick shall be made whole and the, the, the lame shall walk and the blind shall see. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has anointed me to set the captives free. He has anointed to set the blind eyes open. He has anointed to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord says that this is the year of the Jubilee. The year of the Jubilee is the year of freedom. The year of the Jubilee is the year of prosperity. The year of the, the, of the saints rising up and declaring victory, 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 freedom, freedom, freedom. It's not for us to just sit here and think, oh, where are the people? Where are the souls? Where are, the, where are they? Where are they? No, we declare. We keep speaking. We declare. We declare. We are the voice piece. We are the mouthpiece. We are the, the amplification of the Spirit of God on the very face of this earth. We are the people who declare. We are the people who bring to pass the words of our mouth because we've been equipped and anointed. We have been applied. We have been applied with that very blood that wipes us clean so that we are free. We are free. We are whitewashed. We are free. We are free. We are free to declare the things of the Lord. Jesus came on this earth to preach the gospel. Many people say he was a great teacher. And yes, of course, he taught. But he was also a preacher. I see him with that whip. That just being an a, a, a overflow of him picking that whip up and just beating people, kicking them out of the temple because they were no longer doing what they were called to do. But I believe he probably, when he was on that Sermon on the Mount, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus. I started bringing my King James because I believe you can preach the King James better than most translations. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. He didn't just have his dog collar on. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. They're there. Blessed are the meek, for those poor meek people, Will inherit the Lord. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was going, Blessed are the poor in spirit, Amen. with a bit of eyes of fire, a bit of joy and, and glint in them. You see, have you ever met a Christian, a real Christian, and there's a sparkle in their eye? Every single one of us have got it in this room, I know, because I see it every time I, I look out at you. You know, I, I don't look at the empty seats for a reason, I look at you guys because I see your sparkle. Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. He's saying, come on, guys. You've got an inheritance called the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Yes, you may be upset right now. Yes, you may be going through a hard time right now. But you shall be comforted. Because the words of my mouth come to pass. That's the king of kings, the lord of lords, the alpha and the omega. When he says something, he means it and he does it. 
Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who, who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. What did he say to the woman of the issue of the well? The, this water, this natural water, you will have to come back for more. But if you have the water of life that I have gotten on the inside of you, if I put that on the inside of you, you will never thirst again. Hallelujah. Those who th hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see your God. Could you just imagine going and talking to a bunch of people, especially Jewish people who really didn't know God? They, they, they had a history of messing it up. They had a history of making idols. They had a history of doing other things. But he says here, look, he says here, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart, was, he's not going to be blessed. Blessed, yes. If you are pure in heart, uh, you might possibly see God. Blessed are those ones who get everything right on the inside of them and they will see. No, he was excited about these things. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And what did Jesus say in John I love this, these scripture verses. I've been stuck in these scripture verses for, for months now, weeks. No, we don't know, Lord. Thomas said, we have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would have known who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. The pure in heart shall see God. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. You see the word. You see Jesus. And you've seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show, you, show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does the work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because the work you've seen me to do. You see, you see, you see the Father God when you get this word up and you start looking into it. And start receiving it. And start meditating on it. And allowing the thoughts and the dreams that are contained within this very book. I've done something. And I, I don't know if I'll do it forever or not. But I deleted all my social media apps off my phone. Not that I was obsessed with them in the, in the first place. But I just I, I needed them for work. But I've deleted them off. And I've started making my confession that the Bible is my entertainment. The world's entertainment is not my entertainment, but the Bible is my entertainment. The dreams and the visions, the language of the Holy Spirit. Do you see what it says in Acts chapter 2? Let's go back there. When Peter said this, 
in Acts chapter 2. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. You see, when, when someone has a vision or, or a, a dream or, or sees into the spirit realm and sees something like Jesus walking around anointing people, those, those are, are descriptive ways of demonstrating and showing to mankind that there is something bigger and better outside of just what we see in the natural. There's a language to it. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all my people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. When we see visions, we're actually seeing into, by a manifestation or an administration of the very Holy Spirit. In Corinthians, it talks about the manifestations or the administrations or the, the, the miracles and the, 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 the wonderful things that the Spirit of God actually does through mankind, through a human or, or, or how he operates. His language is very much visions, dreams. Now you can get extreme on that. There are people who have gone loopy trying to get a vision, trying to get this, trying to get that. You can get extreme on that. And I do realize that, but I believe the Spirit of God's trying to show us something. I believe that, that, that there's a, a move of the Spirit of God that will come in on the face of this planet that, that many of us have got to be able to hook up to and hook and connect to. The older generation, like I said in the prayer, it's time for old school Pentecost to come back. Not 1950s, you can't go to the cinema. You can't have a dance and can't have a fun Pentecost. But proper Pentecost. A user street Pentecost. That's one of the most documented versions of it, but it happened in, in Wales. In, in, in Usher Street, I, I love, they, they, they used to say that the, the, the singing in the spirit, they would sing for minutes, hours, sing in the spirit. I think it happened over here as well. Singing in the spirit. And there'll be people that will cry and say, oh, we shouldn't do tongues as much as you think we should. But Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. And the Corinthian church was known for its spiritual allegiances. It wanted to have the things of God. It desperately cried out for the things of God. It went after the things of God. There was error there, and Paul had to address it. But he wasn't telling them to calm down in the things of the Spirit. He was just correcting them and trying to get them to use it correctly so that people could be blessed. So when a non-Christian comes into the service, that the moves of the Spirit weren't freaking them out, but it was done in order and decently. So that when somebody comes up and asks the pastor to say, can I share something? The pastor can has an opportunity to say no. And if I had said no to Jenny, I trust that she would have walked back and just said, okay, that's fine. I've not got a problem with that. But as long as we understand that there may be a time that if someone says no, that's okay. Because sometimes God shows us something, and sometimes God shows us all something. If I hand you the microphone and you have nothing, you might have to step out in faith. You might just have to say, okay, I'm going to say something. But if God's prompting you and leading you to, you have to trust that the speaker, I actually knew Jenny had something, that's why it was so easy, it's easy to pass on. But there has to be, Brother Hagen talks about a church that he used to go to by, I think the pastor was um, the Halversons, 
but I might be wrong. No, it might be the Goodwins, one of the two. There's these old school Pentecostals. And he, 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 he actually, I think the story goes, let me try and remember, I may have already said it before, that he had nothing in the church, no move of the Holy Ghost, nothing. He just couldn't get anything moving. It was like Brother Hagen came to the church and everything bounced off him. It was like a brick wall. And he came back a year later and it was completely different because the pastor had dug in and dug deep and got into and found out what God needed him to adjust. But Brother Hagen, at the end of his ministry would say that this church was the most organized, the most powerful, the most uh, appreciative of the Spirit of God because what people would do is they would raise their hand and if the pastor said, yes, okay, they would say, okay, I'll give what I've got. But if he ignored them, they would just put their hand down and carry on. Because everyone was in sync and understanding the things of the Spirit of God. That's what we're raising up in this place. There's an anointing to worship in this place. And that's going to increase as we see new members and band members join and, and, and keyboard players and all these kind of things. There'll be an anointing. But I tell you, I said to Louise last night, I said like when we start having new music instruments and stuff like that, that's when the real work will start to begin. And start working and getting everyone aligned and, and operating and understanding how, how to really, let's really press in on the things of God here. Let's really worship him. Let's, let's be on the edge of our seat. I said this in the prayer on, on Wednesday when I led it on for Faith Life is that, that, that you have to be on the edge of your seat as you come into church. We can't, I, this is what I love you guys. I, I'm preaching to the converted, to the choir. You guys are here before the service even starts, so there's no problem with that. With that. But we can't, if we have people that start coming in 20 minutes late, half an hour late, it's going to cause issues with us pressing in. But we're going to raise up a group of people here that are on time early, that are passionate, that are hungry, and, and desperate for the things of God. You see, sometimes, sometimes you just have to realize that there are things in your life that are wrong, and you say, God, I want what you have for me more than I care about what's going wrong in my life. Because the things that are going wrong in my life are probably because I'm trying to take it on board, and I'm trying to do it myself. It's called pride. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will, will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on my servants. Men and women alike, they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and clouds of smoke. You see, it's very easy to hear these scripture verses and just go, I don't really see that. I've never seen it. I don't care about it. I've heard it before. Andy always goes back to the Pentecost. Never, Andy, Pastor Andy always talks about the Holy Ghost and fire. And he just gets to a point where you go round and around and around. And we don't see things with our natural eyes. And we just tune out. I was listening to a minister, she was talking about a guy, oh, I think he was saying it, I can't remember, it, just, it was like, I think two stories blended into one with whoever was sharing it, but he was just in a place in the church service where he caught himself counting the cables at the side, and the minister started to preach and start to talk about some things, and the Holy Ghost said, you, you know, you need to listen to this, but they... You know, this is, this is the one reason why I think most churches don't like big windows because people start looking out. I remember when we were at Shout Network, I always catch Robert watch and looking at the people walk past. I saw, I saw you. It's easy. Oh, Blaine. <laughs> it's easy just to watch people walk past. Distractions. 
But the things of the Spirit, we're talking about this. When we're talking about in the last days, God says, I will pour out my... Just, just think about that briefly. I love doing this, when, 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 especially before I go to bed or when I wake up in the morning. I just take like one, three or four words out of the mouth. I will, I will. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus is the Word. He is the will of God. Jesus is, I will. Or what did God say to the, uh, the uh, Israelites? I am. I am. that I say that I am. I am. I will. So that means he's going to do it. Now you could actually say he's already done it. Because Peter uh, is quoting the book of Joel. When Joel was prophesying, I will pour out my spirit. So he's already done it, and he's done it in this moment of Acts chapter 2, but he says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. Are you everyone? Are you part of all? All means all. That includes Mumchill. That includes me. Includes Christina. Is this four weeks in a row with new traders now? I think it is. <laughs> Different traders, not new. I, I'm eagle eyes. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit. And you just think about that. I, he's pouring out his spirit on me. I have got a, a, a message, and I'll get to it. And I believe I need to get to it, because I believe God gave me the title for it. But I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit. Pouring out, you know, have you ever got a bucket of water or a jug of water and you poured it out? Now you can pour it out onto uh, the floor or the tabletop and it'll just go everywhere, be very indiscriminate. Or you could get a glass and aim to pour it out. Who are me and you? We are nothing more than containers of the Spirit of God. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So when He pours out His Spirit, He's very specific into who he's pouring it out into. Very targeted. He's not slapdash. He's not the, the, you know, when I paint, I don't really, I, I say to Louise, you can do the edges and I'll kind of do the middle bit because I can just throw it on. No detail, no, uh, no care. I can just, psh, 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 psh. Spirit of God's not slapdash. And it may look slapdash because People might receive some things and it might just overflow. I don't think we're crazy enough in this place yet. We're too reserved. I will pour out my spirit upon all people, upon the containers of people who will hunger for me, hunger and thirst after righteousness, and they will be what? Filled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, Jesus doesn't say anything by half measure. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't just talk about things randomly. He says, if you hunger and thirst for me, you will be filled. Who, what are you going to be filled with? You're going to be filled with living water, water that lasts forever, that doesn't cause you to ever thirst again. And really, you are being filled by the water of life, and that water is the Spirit of God. I will pour out my Spirit upon all People, containers, we are containers. And if you're a container, you know when you carry a glass of water around and you just, you know, just, if you do it like Lewis, he just spills it everywhere. 
God wants you to be a bit loose with the Spirit of God. He wants you to spill it on a few people. Distribute it. Share it. Share him. Share the Spirit. I believe that this, this message is about upgrade. Upgrade. It's time for an upgrade in your life. It's a time for an upgrade in my life. It's a time for an upgrade in this church's life. It's a time for an upgrade in Faith Life Center Ministries. It's time for upgrading, shifting gears. But it's going to come from being filled with the Spirit of God. It's going to come from a relationship with Him that is deeper than that you've ever known before. Your prayer life. Your focus, your ability to hook up with the Spirit of God, your ability to grab a hold of the Word and eat the Word of God like Jeremiah talks about. Your ability to consume what God's put in front of you, to allow it to become your entertainment, to become, allow it to become visions and dreams in front of you. That Spirit of God that wants to fill you up, pour into you, and give you that ability to spill out into others. Blessed to be a blessing, it says, and Abraham was called, called, called to be. Blessed to be a blessing. What's he blessed with? Obviously, there's stuff involved. Obviously, there's prosperity. You can't, you know, I'm blessed to give you a hug because I've got two arms. But when you walk down the street, you've probably forgotten about the hug. It doesn't benefit you when you're two miles away. But if I've given you finances, if I've given you stuff from my, my, what I've been blessed with, you're going to carry that and work with it and use it and be able to do stuff. There's all sorts of things that the blessing of God provides. Whether it's stuff, but it can also be a correct word, a, wi a word of wisdom that comes from your mouth into somebody else's life. That's the primary function of the ministry gift. To speak into your life under the anointing of God. And it doesn't matter if you hear a word that I say or not. If you're connected with the Spirit, if you're filled with the Spirit, if you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, if you're hungering and thirsting after that peace, that ability to be meek and humble so that you inherit the earth, so that you possess the land, so you trust the Lord and you have all of the desires of your heart given unto you, there is something happening on the inside of you that's going to take place on the outside of you. Oh, what a wonderful work you're doing in our lives. What a wonderful work the Spirit of God's doing in your life, shaking you. You, shaking you, shaking you, pruning you. If he prunes you, he loves you. If he corrects you and disciplines you, he loves you. He wants you to be the best you that you can ever be so that you are the best person to other people that you can ever be. The fruit of the Spirit is so crucial in this. We love the gifts. We love the gifts. We love to see blind eyes open. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. I've seen it happen once at a big convention. I think the minister just laid hands on this guy and he just took off running because he could now see. It was on the stage jumping up and down and we're all like, whoa, that must have hit him. I've watched a, another lady who had braces, all sorts of stuff like that, and they prayed for her and she started walking and just taking the braces off and this and just, like, just walking and straightening up and everything about her changed and if you see her a year later she's still walking straight in fact i watched something very recently very in a billy burke meeting a lady i don't know if it's 
MS or something that was really crippled, like literally crippled. She had to get to the meetings. I think she started watching them online, and she told her husband, we need to go now. So the 45-minute drive in, she came into the building. She got out of that wheelchair. She got out of this thing. She never wasn't able to walk. And in, in about five minutes or so, and you could see it visibly happen in front of you on the camera. Just her hands started moving. And she was a concert pianist. She never played piano for years, and she was up on the stage playing with the band. Those are the times and the things and the dreams and the visions that we see. We need to incubate them on the inside of our heart. Paul Young Cho talks about an incubation period. The, the, an incubation. Uh, I actually looked up the definition of incubation. Let me, let me tell you what it is, actually. It's, or the incubation period. Incubation period is, is when like a disease attacks your body. The, 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 the microbes or whatever that's attacking your body and it just comes into your body and it sits there for a while before it ever manifests. It's allowing itself to become stronger. It's, it's, it's multiplying on the inside of you and then eventually you will manifest and project the disease and your coffee will splutter and whatever you want to do. If it's a, a nasty disease, it'll be worse or it's just a cold or a flu. But there's an incubation period before it manifests. Now, the devil only can ever copy what God has. And if we're talking about the language of the Holy Spirit being dreams and visions, there's something on the inside of you that has to have a heartbeat and an incubation period. You see, when that baby comes out of the mother's womb too early, gets put into an incubator to allow it to grow strong and to, to be able to breathe on its own, to be able to look after itself on their own. Incubation period is the time elapsed between exposure to a pathogenic organism and when the symptoms and signs are first apparent. Turn that into what the Bible says. Turn that into receiving from the word of God. I believe it in my heart. I say it with my mouth. And it come to pass. When I pray, I believe I receive it. And then I receive it. The, and then I receive it is a time period. There's a period of time before you receive something in the spirit. That, and you allow it to incubate and to grow, and to then manifest into the natural world. Whether that's healing, whether that's prosperity. And if we're talking about language of the, of the Holy Spirit being dreams and visions, how do we instill those dreams and visions? Now you can go into the secular world and they'll tell you the same thing. Meditation, getting it before you, thinking about it. You know what we've got as, as Christians, which is a huge advantage of what the world does. We've got the spirit of life trapped and established within the word of the living God. And that word, you start to read it and it pulls from on the inside and allows you to connect what we were talking about. You know, I'm expounding a little bit on some basic things really. Psalm 37 says what? Take delight in the Lord, 
And he'll give you the, your heart's desires, or the desires of your heart. What's desire? It's nothing more than a dream. And it's easy for us to, to, if we're not careful, to hear these things and think, well, I had a dream once, and then it died, and it never came to pass. In fact, many people over a certain age stop, stop dreaming. In their lives, it could be 15. For some people, it could be 25. It could be 55. You just stop. But if the language of the Spirit of God is dreams and visions, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you see dreams and you see visions, then you should never stop dreaming the older you get because the older you get, really, you should be having a closer connection with that infilling of the Spirit of God that's there. So more dreams and more visions should be coming. Now, it's very easy to go, well, a vision is seeing something like Jenny saw. Like something physical moving around in a space. Very easy to say that. Oh, because that's a, that's a vision. That's the only way. But you can have a vision. Vision is just what sight. And there's, there's an, uh, we know this very much from practical and spiritual and biblical basis, is that there is another dimension outside of the physical. It's called the spiritual. So what you don't see, the things which are eternal, the things which are unseen, the things which you need to pull into your life and declare with your mouth to bring to pass, you need to have a connection with the unseen realm. And that connection is the word of God and the filling and the indwelling of the spirit of God, your spirit man connected to the things of God. Let me go to the, some scripture for it. Am I making sense? And these are my favorite scripture verses. I've brought them up two time and time again over the last year and a half. Because what I want to see, what I want to challenge us really today and what I sense the spirit of God saying he's saying I want to upgrade your life we said last week the miracles coming and it will manifest but there needs to be a strengthening on the inside of you and I a strengthening and connection to what the spirit of God is saying not what the pastor is saying the pastor will speak and say things and it will hit your heart and shake your heart and say, wake up, come on, are you listening? But in 1 Corinthians it says this, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The language of the Spirit, dreams and visions. The language of the Spirit, incubation, allowing something from the Spirit of God to sit on the inside of your heart and let it multiply and let it grow and let it fester. Let it, let it just bubble up. Let it, let it be stirred into being. Let it come out of your mouth in faith. Out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. But out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth shall speak. And your mouth speaking brings into pass the things that are unseen. 
We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he that raised up Lord Jesus shall raise up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. Though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed by day, by day, by day, by day. Your inward man is renewed day by day, refreshing of the Spirit of God. You are the vessel of the Spirit of God. You are to be filled with the Spirit of God, renewed, refreshed every day. For our light affliction, which is but... For a moment. The Apostle Paul, someone who went to heaven and had a chat with the Apostle Paul, and he said, Can you go back and tell them? Can you go back and tell them? They have made a moment a lifetime. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If you know anything about the glory of God, if you've heard anything or sensed the presence of God in a place, it's weighty, it's heavy. There's something about the presence of God. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. For now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. That we know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things we also speak, not in the words which the wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, the mind of the anointed one and his anointed. If you want an upgrade in your life, If you want to go to another level, the language of the Spirit of God must become real to you. The language that the Spirit of God's dwelling on the inside of you. Some of you perhaps are watching online, maybe. You're not desperate enough. You're not hungry enough. What did Jesus say? If you thirst and hunger for righteousness, you shall be filled. If you're not there yet, that's fine. But I challenge you to get to a place where you're hungry. Get to a place where you're, you're thirsty for the things of God. 
You should actually be in a place where on a Sunday morning you come empty because you've given it all out. And so when you come on a Sunday morning, you fill back up ready to give it out again. Ready and to, ready to serve other people, ready to minister to other people. Jesus said that my meat or my, my life or the, what fills me up is me having the ability to minister to other people. The disciples in John 4 said this, Rabbi, eat something. And Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. They were always clued up, these guys. They knew what was going on. And then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing the work. Hallelujah. That's our job. You may have a practical job. You may have a job of... Fixing up a house. You may have a job of working for a boss. You may have a job for doing all those things. But your nourishment, if you're in the will of God, will come from what God's put you in and where he's placed you. And as you minister to those around you, you will be filled to overflowing. And you give out more. And then you bring more in. And then you give it more out. The life of God that lives on the inside of you is eternal. The life of God that lives on inside of you. You see, me and Louise, we all know, have, have gone through a bit of a hard couple of weeks. And in fact, um, I know some of the family might be watching, so I'll try not to say too much. But I spent four hours this week doing something for the funeral that's taking place on Wednesday. A photo tribute. And four hours of looking at somebody's photo and the family and the grandkids emotionally drains you. You want to cry, but yet you've got to do the job. You want to just break down, yet you've still got to do the job. And it would be very easy for me just to say, well, I don't want to come to church on Sunday because I'm grieving, I'm mourning, I'm in sorrow. But I tell you what, all of that stuff gets released when I press into the presence of God. There's no sorrow in him. There's no tears in him. Yes, we grieve, but we sorrow not like the world sorrows. We are in a place of ministry and giving out and allowing other people to pull off of what we have. You see, there's a dying and lost world out there, isn't there? And the language and the visions and the dreams that we've got and, and all this. And when I talk about this, I'm not talking about this from a 15-year-old, year-ago kind of church where there was a lot of preaching on dreams and visions. You know, find your true north and go after your life and, and just live the best life and all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not decrying that. I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. But Jesus said, pick up my cross. He didn't say, pick up what you think is best for you. You find out what he says. And there will be persecution and suffering and, 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 and things that go on. Jesus said there will be. But in that persecution and suffering, you will have homes, family. You'll have victory. You'll have freedom. You'll have something on the inside of you that you carry with you, a presence and a joy and a life eternal. Upgrade. I'd like to preach on upgrade. 
but it's not coming out yet. Because we need to see some things on the inside of us. We need to grab a hold of some of these things. You see, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. But the blessing of the Lord is nothing more than the Spirit of God filling you up to overflow and you hearing his voice. But if you can't hear his voice, you can't follow the Spirit of God. If you can't allow the blessing of the Lord to lead you and guide you into the dark places, into the light places, and through the valley of the shadow of death. If you can't allow the dreams and visions on the inside of you to anchor you, the hope of your soul being the anchor of your soul, the hope of the gospel, the hope of what God's put on the inside of you. Everything that God's given you, the unseen realm that lives on the inside of you, you can't anchor it with the Word of God and with the Spirit of God working on it. You cannot go in a place that's going to take you any further or faster than you want to go right now. Because you will be constantly held back by your lack of pushing in and seeing. I, it, this message is for me more than anyone else in this room. We must push deeper in. We must keep going. We must seek his face. We must hunger and thirst for righteousness so that we are filled to overflowing and capacity so that upgrade becomes natural, not forced. Many of us want to Change the gear without putting the clutch down first. And it wonder why it grates and creaks and it doesn't work and there's no shifting. You have to apply the clutch and the clutch is your mouth. The clutch speaking the word of God allows you to change gear. And then you drive and you put the accelerator down and you, the acceleration is nothing more than praise and worshiping, worshiping him and praising him and giving thanks for him. There was a shout, there was a, there was a response that happened in the prayer this morning. And until that response came, we stayed at a level in the prayer. I don't know if anyone noticed it, but we started to talk about praising, and it took me at least two minutes of saying praising before people started to praise him. The quicker you respond is the quicker the Spirit of God moves in your life. The quicker you respond to Him. You see, we, we say to God, I have faith, respond to my faith. I have faith, respond to my faith. I have faith. But you know the woman in the issue of the blood still had to go and grab the hem of his garment? She had faith, but if she stayed put and didn't go towards that garment, she would never have received from the very presence of God, and God could not have responded to that faith. Our praise, our, our active energy towards him enables him to fill us up to overflow so that our victory is assured and our declaration is coming to pass. And our, It takes time. And that's what people don't like. They don't like the responsibility and they don't like the waiting. This message is the best message that you could possibly have of one of victory. But many churches that preach victory and prosperity are not full because people try it. They don't take Galatians seriously when it says, In due season you shall reap, but only if you don't give up. Upgrade in your life, lifting up to another level, takes place when you take responsibility and you fill yourself up with the word and say, I'm not backing down. I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to work for it. I'm going to spend time. I'm going to grit my teeth, even though everything about the world system wants to reject me. Everything about the world system, every human being that, that is anti God wants to push back and say it's not possible. Every Christian who is anti 
what God wants really in life will push back. Religion will push back. Everything wants to, even your emotions will push back and say, it's not possible. Stop. Don't do it. Don't believe God. It's not worth it. But yet, when we push through and break through, well, you know, those walls of Jericho came tumbling down when they were in the will of God, when they'd walked around that, that place time after time after time after time. And it didn't come down because there was, I love the Monty Python sketches, you know, like the, the, the French guys on the top of the wall, and they just look down at them and laugh at them. And VeggieTales did it so well with the peas. The peas used to laugh at the, 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 the people walking around the, the, the Jericho. The French peas. But you see, when that seventh time hit and they praised God, bang! And those walls didn't go like that. They went straight down. It's almost like an angel just went, squash! Shaking that place down. And of course, one woman survived. One house survived. And you know, she was the most pure, wonderful, perfect human being possible. She was a prostitute. But because she had faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and she put that red cord out there symbolizing the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that wiped every human being clean, the blood of Jesus that covered her and protected her, because she saw with the language and the dreams of the Holy Spirit 2,000 years, and she became in that lineage of Jesus 2,000 years later, whatever, how many years it was later into the future, Jesus himself coming with the blood blood of Jesus and wiping across all sin, across all mankind. And every person in the world shall be saved if they would just say, Lord, the blood of Jesus saved Rahab the prostitute. Mary Magdalene, full of demons, saved because she believed in Jesus. Heard and connected when he cast every single one those demons out. The madman of Gadara ran towards him, tearing his clothes. The demon inside him, wanting to scare Jesus out, away from this situation, away from his life. And Jesus looked calmly at him and just said, be free. And he was free. And this man who had multiple demonic Possessions, whatever, however you want to spiritually look into it, was set free. And he actually wanted to follow. But Jesus never said, follow me to him. He said, go. Go back to your land and tell. The woman at the, 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 woman at the well went back and tell, said, come here. The man who knows everything about. That's what you and I carry, that same spirit of evangelism, of fire, of victory. And we must share it more and more. The gospel, relationship, upgrade. As we look to close, I'm going to read these scriptures from Hebrews. Hebrews 10. It's my favorite. Every time I read scripture verses out, I say they're my favorite. One day we'll find the actual favorite one. 
Genesis 1, 1 to Revelation chapter whatever. Verse 35. In looking for upgrade, hunger and thirst for righteousness, upgrade in everything, area of your life, your relationships, your prayer life. Cast not away in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which is great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Many people have drawn back on this message. Many people have put it aside and said it was a fad. That the message of faith was just something that an American came up with. But the just shall live by faith. Verse 39, this is the confession of faith like Preston. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but are them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope, the language of the Spirit. Desires. Visions, dreams, the language of the Spirit. Hallelujah. what I'm looking for. Hallelujah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 it says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast and which enter in to the, within the veil, where, where, whither the forerunner is for us entered behind that veil, going into heaven, going into the holiest of holies. Jesus made a high priest forever. But look what it says. The hope, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The hope we have as an anchor to our soul. The language and the dreams and the visions and the language of the Spirit of God should be an anchor to your soul. How do you do all these things? How do you put faith first? How do you put the word first? Get it in front of your eyes, Proverbs chapter 4. My eyes. I've done something simple. I'm going to show you. This is a bit of my heart. I've got a, a note on my phone that says incubation. What I see. And I just put pictures to look at. Because I'm trying to imagine and dream bigger than what I see in the natural. These are pictures of crusades, pictures of a new church building, pictures of a new house, pictures of things that I desire and want because those things that I see, I'm a visual learner, so I can see them. Old people used to cut out pictures and put them on the fridge and when they walk past the fridge, I believe I receive that. Let's bring that back into being. 
Let's start dreaming because your prosperity, your upgrade in your life is going to come from the dreams and the visions that the Holy Spirit gives you on the inside of you. And it will affect and help and support those around you. Just imagine if you were rich, what you could do. Do we want to be rich in this place? Do you want to be rich at home? Incubate. You see, people wake up when you suddenly start talking about what you can actually do in the things of God. You can be rich financially. Shall I read you some of that? I will close. But I, I want to keep going, if that's all right. Oh, no one said yes. I guess maybe I should have shut up. Shut up. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I, I want to hit uh, two hours and 30 minutes on the YouTube channel but, and then get to three hours eventually. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you. Oh, it's that verse again. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Oh, 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 if you fully obey the Lord your God. Remember, Jesus is a preacher. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of this world. Listen to this one, verse 8. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Verse 11. The Lord your God will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury and will bless all the work you do. Hallelujah. These are words in the Bible that we can believe. Galatians chapter 3 says we're redeemed from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham might come on of us. Hallelujah. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouses and in all that you set your hand to do. Upgrade. Spiritually, physically, mentally, practically. God wants to prosper you beyond all that you could ask or think according to the, what power that works in you. What's the power that works in you? The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. The word of God inside of you is the power that's working on you to allow the language of dreams. Let me read that scripture verse as I close, and I will close in the Amplified Bible. Now unto him, by the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Visions, dreams, the language. Of the Spirit of God. Giving you an upgrade. In your relationship. In your prayer life. 
Hallelujah. We give you all the glory, Father God, for this church service, for this message. Thank you, Father God, that we will grab a hold of what has been said and we will run with the things of the Spirit, run with dreams and visions. I ask you to inject a fresh, fresh anointing, fresh vision, fresh um, unction, freshly poured out Holy Ghost Spirit and fire in this place today that people will go about their life expecting your prosperity to manifest. Daily you load us up with benefits. I call this church blessed in the name of Jesus. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. We magnify you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done in this place. Thank you, Father God.